You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Well, TJ, we are down the four teams, AFC, NFC, championship games this weekend. But uh, the past weekend obviously saw some great football, some not great football along with it. Did you get a chance to uh, watch all four games this past weekend? Most of them, yeah. Uh, You know, John, being a dad yourself, (laughs) sometimes your youth uh, requirements for your kids don't match up to what you want to do on the weekend. Uh, Saturday, uh, my daughter daughter had a a skating show at 5, so we missed a little bit of the uh, first game. Yeah, It was only about 15 minutes, so uh, missed about an hour there. Was watching on the phone the Kansas City-Jacksonville game, and then Sunday, uh, Sun had a hockey game right at 3, right when kickoff started there with Buffalo mm-hmm. and Cincy. Same thing, kind of pulled up the phone, watched a little bit, but um, kept up for the most part. I would say, uh, gosh, I mean, looking at the totality of the weekend, probably not many surprises. I mean, maybe you could say the surprise of the weekend would have been uh, not Cincy winning because I think a lot of people – you know, had a feeling that was going to be yeah, kind of that outcome. toss-up game, but just the way it went, winning by seventeen on the road in Buffalo, the in the weather that Buffalo, you know, claims that they love to play in the snow, the sleet, home crowd uh, to get whooped up on like that was was a bit of a surprise. But I think honestly, the biggest lesson, you know, as we sit here on Monday, looking back at the weekend that I learned was trust your. Just trust your in trust your gut. Trust the totality of work, right? Because I think the the best four teams all season long, Philly, San Francisco, Cincy, Kansas City, those are the teams that moved on and playing in championship weekend. I think I got lost a little bit last week when you start thinking about, oh man, well, I don't know, the Giants, you know, like they looked pretty yeah. good against Minnesota, right? Then you go back and you're like, well, Minnesota. I mean, we all know what they are. They kind of stink. They're, they're not a. They're, they're a bad 13 win football team. Uh, you know, should have seen that one coming. Or, you know, hey Dallas, man, look at that. They look pretty damn good. Dak threw for you know 300 yards against Tampa in the first game. Can they do it again? Nope. Think about the totality of the season. Dak has pretty much stunk the whole season. Turnover machine, and he showed his true colors uh, once again there in San Francisco. So I think anytime that you start to feel 
cute, whether you're looking at these games and trying to pick these games. Uh, for me, it's going to be on the totality of, of the season. And this this is going to be a fun week because I think these matchups are going to be incredible. I think, you know, a big storyline, obviously, with, with San Francisco and Brock Purdy, what he's done, uh, you know, going 8-0 as a starter now. Yeah. Uh, but the one thing you look at him He's only played two road games. One was at Seattle. I think they barely won 20-13. to 13. The other one was at Vegas, the Raiders, not a playoff team, and they needed overtime to win that game. You talk about him having to go on the road now at Philly. We know one of the most hostile places to play in all of the NFL. Uh, that's going to be an intriguing storyline to keep track of uh, heading into Sunday's championship weekend. But I think looking back at, at the weekend, uh, I thought it was – uh, maybe a good weekend of football. Didn't feel like it was a great weekend by any means that we got there in the wild card round, some good games. But uh, I think the the best four teams all season and the most deserving four teams are moving on. And and I don't know. I feel like it's not often that you say that. There's always usually a surprise team here or there. This year, it's the best four teams and uh, should 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 set up for a very epic championship Sunday here coming up in a couple of days. So the the big storyline going into this weekend is going to be it's a rematch for the AFC. You know the Cincinnati Bengals going to Kansas City, but more so it's Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes and a high ankle sprain. How much do you think that affected? Well, I mean we know it affected the Chiefs because anytime Patrick Mahomes is out. It changes their entire game plan. But moving forward, can Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes and Patrick Mahomes not being as mobile as he normally is, how much do you think it affects that game? I think it's going to be huge. I mean, you know, they're talking about high ankle sprain. Uh, that is that's significant, yeah. you know, and you saw that uh, in the game there on Saturday. I mean, he could not throw the ball when he came back after Henny came in for, yeah, it was a really nice drive. I think Henny went on, what, a 95-yard yeah. touchdown drive. Uh, Mahomes comes back in a few series later, and, you know, he's missing wide-open guys. It, just easy, simple throws um, that you could tell his mechanics just – weren't there, right? He couldn't use his legs. He couldn't plant off that foot and, and drive through the football and get those hips involved. It was pretty much just using all upper body. And uh, I think when most quarterbacks go through that, uh, they're going to be hampered significantly. Now, Patrick Mahomes is one of those guys that is so freaking unbelievably talented that, you know, he you can get away with him uh, having a hurt leg and still going out there but and, and, and producing at a high level. But I, I just – I think it's a concern. I really do. And not only the fact that, you know, you're, you're playing against Joe Burrow again, who is, by the way, 3-0 and against Patrick Mahomes. Mm -hmm. uh, Burrow's always, also 3-0 and on the road in the playoffs over the last – uh, year and a half. <laughs> the guy just doesn't lose. Um, I just think that it's going to be a concern, man. I think the early spread came out, you know, yesterday. I want to say it was two and a half or three and a half leaning towards KC. And my first gut instinct was play the Bengals. Yeah. I just think that the Bengals are just that well, I think gritty, it was nasty team. That, initial reaction because a bunch yeah, of people I think did. So. Well, you're going right off of, okay, the, he's, Burrow's never lost to Mahomes in Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes is hurt. Right? Like you yeah. put those two together, just those two together without even thinking anything else. I think you automatically say, yeah, this kind of looks like the Bengals' spot to lose. Um, I don't know, though. I mean, anytime you get these great quarterbacks, 
you know, it can come down to one play. It could come down to what we saw last year in Buffalo and Kansas City in that shootout. You know, whoever gets gets the ball last uh, might have the upper hand. Uh, those guys are just so damn good. But uh, I, I just think that Mahomes' injury is it's going to be more significant than I think people think. Uh, he just looked like a total different quarterback in the second half uh, of that game against Jacksonville than he did in the first half. Um, and that – Thinking back on that game, John, Kansas. If, if Mahomes doesn't get hurt, Kansas City probably wins that by seventeen plus. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if they just had that kind of momentum rolling. Jacksonville couldn't do anything offensively or defensively. It just felt like that game was going to be kind of what we saw in Philly in, in New York. Um, Mahomes gets hurt. I know the game never really got close, but. You know, it allowed Jacksonville to come back and cover that spread with a late field goal, which pissed me off. <laughs> but I think that game goes completely different. And if he's hurt, man, if he's hobbled, if he can't move in the pocket like he has been, if he can't avoid uh, some of those pass rushes and extend the plays uh, with his legs and and drive the ball deep downfield, all those things that he excels at, uh, I that's I mean, I just I got to think that Cincinnati's going to have the advantage. Well, and you know when you look at, at that Chiefs game, I mean, one of the guys that you got to talk about is Travis Kelsey. I mean, he is just unbelievable right now. He's had an unbelievable season uh, so far in his career. He's been he's been obviously the the number one tight end in the NFL. But how much of an advantage is a player like Travis Kelsey to an injured Patrick Mahomes? Because well, well, we talk about their receivers, yeah. right? And they've been able to move on from from Terry Kill. That was that appearing to be a great opportunity for them to move on, get some assets, uh, and continue the train rolling down the tracks for Kansas City. But the one component of that offense that has been consistent over their great run, other than Patrick Mahomes, has been Travis Kelsey. Yeah, and Kelsey. You know what's incredible when you think about tight ends and playoff performances. Um, you know, you always, I always kind of think of a hey, Gronk, right? Like that guy, yeah. when it came playoff time, uh, was an absolute animal. He was a freak. You know, I saw a stat, I think Gronk in his playoff career only had one playoff game of over a hundred yards. Kelsey, I think in his last seven or eight is averaging 110 and the guy had, you know, I think it was 10 catches in the first half. And it's like, he might get 30 catches this game. I just don't yeah. like nobody can cover him. They can't figure it out. He, whether he's going out in a true drop back pass and uh, sitting down in the hole, finding the soft spot in the zones or whether it's the play action pass. And he just kind of pretends like he's blocking for a couple seconds, leaks out. Oh, guys forgot about him. It's like the guy, I mean, Andy Reid just does such an amazing, Amazing job of scheming that offense around him and you know utilizing his strengths and getting in the red zone how are we going to get the ball into his hands and all the different ways that they're able to match him up you know with a linebacker or get an advantageous matchup with maybe a safety that you love um it's just incredible to watch and he's I mean it's frustrating at times because when you look at it you're like how do you it's like the Cooper Cup effect like how is this guy wide open He's the he's like he's their guy. He's the one guy that they throw to. How do you not put two on him at all times? But, you know, Kansas City, when you talk about just the other weapons that they have, you know, with the speed that they get from Tony and, and Juju and, you know, even Valdis Gantling, who's a speedster downfield, I mean, that it's easy to forget about, you know, one guy when you talk about the combination of having four or five uh playmaking type guys. I just man, he's been 
he's been incredible. And and I'll tell you what, if if Kansas City, you know, if they, I'm not even gonna say a surprise because they're favored, but if in my mind, if Kansas City had, if they're gonna have a chance to beat Cincy, they've got to find a way to continue to make Travis Kelsey the highlight of that offense. Get him the ball as many times as possible. Uh, and how is Cincy going to defend that? Because I'm sure, hey, Lou Anarumo, man, like that guy is, he might be one of the most undervalued defensive coordinators in all of football. Yeah. Not only for what he's done against Kansas City the last couple seasons, but, you know, you hold Buffalo to 10 points. I mean, in Buffalo be, with yeah, that weather. In Buffalo, I mean, it'd be interesting to see how they match up against Kelsey. But uh, he's got to be he's got to be that safety valve for Mahomes moving forward, especially if they, he's going to be uh, hampered by that ankle injury. Oh, you mentioned that line for the Chiefs and, and Bengals, and it did open obviously in favor of of Kansas City, and then just like you, everybody ran to to grab the Bengals, and it actually shifted to minus one for the Bengals. It's now back. Minus one for for you know Kansas City and and the initial line that comes out kind of gives you an idea where where Vegas thinks it'll be and then after that it's all it's all shifting on where all the money is going, uh, but when you look at the the teams that just played and obviously the teams that are moving on to the conference championship, get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Are there any similarities or, you know, when you look at how these teams are built and we try and compare it to where the Lions are and what the Lions are trying to do, is there anything that you see that the Lions are doing that gives you hope that they could be one of these teams in the near future? Uh, with the teams that are moving on, or with the teams that have played, well, let's. Just, <laughs> I don't let, know if they're close to necessarily. Well, I'm not saying they're Philly, close since the you know, so KC here's, level. Here's an example. All right, the teams that are moving on: it, Eagles, probably number one offensive line in the NFL. The 49ers, they've got a, a damn good offensive line and defensive front. Same with the Eagles, defensive front. The Bengals, they put a huge investment into their offensive line. Now, during the year, offensive line didn't play. As good as as I think they had hoped, and, and certainly as as Joe Burrow had hoped, but in that game against the Bang or against the Bills, that offensive line played extremely well, and we know that the Chiefs have made a huge investment in the offensive line. That's one of the similarities I look at and say the Lions obviously have, have are heavily invested in their offensive line, and four of the five that started the season off, or at least thought that we're going to start the season off will be back next year. What they do with Vitae, what they do at that right guard position, I think is still, you know, kind of an unknown. Defensive line wise, they're not they're not there yet. Uh obviously Hutch played well. 
James Houston played well. Romeo Aquara, when he came back, played well. Pascal at times played well. Bugs, Kaminsky. But they don't have, I don't think, the interior uh, of what some of these other defensive lines are. Yeah. Th- those are some of the things I look at and say, well, at, they have the beginnings of what some of these teams have been able to build around. Yeah, and it's always fun watching these games because I think a lot of us have that same exact thought. You know, how are these teams different from our team? How are how are the Lions, you know, similar to maybe some of these teams or where do we need to improve uh, yeah. to get to the level of some of these teams? You mentioned the offensive line that I think is a consistency. Um, all the teams really that played, uh, even at that point, you know, you talk about even Dallas's, you know, O-line, you know, pretty good. You talk about the Giants' O-line. I mean, they've got a couple really good young tackles, um, you know, maybe not great on the interior, but overall, yeah. you know, pretty solid solid offensive line. I think the one thing where they need to continue to grow is, you mentioned it, that defensive line. Um, And do they have some pieces in place? I think so. I think they've got some young guys in place. But when you're talking about Philly, you're talking about San Fran, you're talking about Kansas City. I mean, they don't have two or three guys. They've got seven or eight guys. They've got two, uh, you know, uh, they've got a whole second depth, uh, a layer of depth behind those starting guys that come in and play just as uh, good a football as the starters do, right? I think that's something that uh, we don't have here in Detroit yet. Uh, I think that Brad Holmes seems to be that type of mindset where, you know, just listening to Nick Sirianni after that game, uh, you know, against the Giants, I mean, he he said it's all about the O-line and D-line. Like, that's what I told Howie Roseman when I got here, and that's how we're going to build this thing. And obviously, uh, it's worked because they do have arguably the best offensive line and the best defensive line in football. And those two things correlate to uh, winning games and dominating games and beating the shit out of teams. Like, you know, and, and that's where I think Brad Holmes understands that. We've certainly seen it, um, you know, with yeah, going after Aiden Hutchinson, going after Panay Sewell, trying to build uh, this team from the front lines and then worry about the second and third line uh, after that. Uh, they're not there yet, but, uh, you know, that's they're going to, if they want to, get to that next level, that's what they're going to have to do. Another interesting kind of storyline that you look at, too, is, gosh, we had a conversation last week about, you know, the quarterback position and Jared Goff. How does Jared Goff compare to some of these other quarterbacks uh, that are, you know, where they're at now? And you look at, uh, obviously, the three of the four teams moving on to championship weekend have quarterbacks that are on rookie deals. Right, Jalen Hurts. We all know Brock Purdy being a rookie yeah. seventh round pick, but Joe Burrow too. I mean, Patrick Mahomes the only one out of that group uh, that has been paid. And I think going into the weekend, when you like take a look at all uh, eight of those teams, the average age was twenty five years old. Um, you know, I think Golf is twenty seven. I mean, yeah. he's not. You know, I would say past that. Uh, prime or past that average of quarterbacks that move on but that's an interesting storyline that I kind of got into was man look at these teams with these rookie quarterbacks not rookie quarterbacks but quarterbacks that are on rookie deals playing for cheap and look at what they're able to build around them and that's something that look I think we all can agree that Jared Goff had a very admirable season uh, last year for this team but when you get into that conversation about when is it going to be time to, you know, start 
building for the future and maybe take a young quarterback, I don't know, first, second, third round, a guy that can sit for maybe a year. And then when you're really ready, you feel like you're going to contend, you know, you're going to have that guy for a cheap deal. You're going to be able to build the rest of the team. Those are just some storylines that I think kind of popped out uh, to me as I was watching those games. Um, so let me ask you that. Okay. Then if, if that's, if that's the, the best way to build a championship run, or at least to get to the conference championship round. How many? How long does it take to build up that talent we just talked about on the offensive and defensive line, like San Francisco, right? They've got they go too deep on both sides, and there's really not a lot of drop off in talent. The mm-hmm. Lions aren't close to that. How many years does it take to build up that type of talent? And then when is it that you go get that rookie quarterback? Because this is the year where the Lions have that extra first round pick number six overall by but the Rams. Yeah. And if the Lions it's are going to pick. be that well, it's a luxury pick. Yeah. So but if the Lions are going to be that nine and eight, ten and seven type of team, they're going to be picking somewhere between fifteen and twenty in the coming years. Right. I don't I wouldn't necessarily think that that's where you're going to go get your quarterback. Although I mean Jalen Hurts was a second round pick. Third round, yeah. Brock Purdy, who there are even reports that there's even reports coming out that San Francisco is already planning on him being the quarterback of the future over Trey Lance. You know, who they took at what, number three just a couple years ago? Um, I go back and forth. I mean, hey, if there's a guy sitting there at number six for you at the Detroit Lions that Brad Holmes, you feel like this guy is a game changing franchise type of quarterback. I would not hesitate to take hesitate to take him. Now that doesn't mean he's going to be your day one starter. Right. I still think that you know Jared Goff has this team for at least another year. I think he's got two left on his contract, but uh, they're going into next year with Jared Goff no matter what as the starter. Uh, but if there's a guy that you are genuinely uh, you know, just you believe that this is good. This is the guy, whether it's a CJ Stroud or I don't think Bryce Young is going to fall that far no. down to six. Um, some of these other, uh, you know, Will Levis is a guy I don't know a lot about, but it seems that, you know, everything you read now, the guy's projected to go top five. Uh, I don't know. I mean, if you, if you are that convicted that, uh, and that convinced that this is going to be a guy that can change your franchise, I wouldn't hesitate to take him because, like you said, that's a luxury pick. That's not your pick, right? I think, of course, when you think of first-rounders, you want guys that are going to come in and, and be day-one contributors. Um, but that's your pick at, that's your pick at what, 17 or 18? The one that, 18, I think. 18, yeah. That's your pick at 18. 18, go get a guy that's going to come in day one uh, and help. But uh, the, the flip side of me here, the little, you know, yin-yang, the devil on my shoulder telling me one thing, then the angel over here saying, well, look at the way this offense is built. Right. And I look at the fact that, uh, you know, when you watch Jared Goff play, he doesn't play like, you know, a Patrick Mahomes or a Josh Allen or a Joe Burrow. He's not that type of talent, but he's good enough to go, you know, make plays and win you games. Uh, Can you find a guy with the with the talent that you have on this offense, with the dominant offensive line, with uh, good young wide receivers, uh, with we obviously know Ben Johnson being able to his ability in, in play calling and getting guys in advantageous positions uh, to move the chains and put points on the board. Can you go find one of those guys maybe in the second or third round? Do you have to waste, you know, a top 10 pick on a guy that's going to sit for a year? Or do you go find somebody like, you know, you, you mentioned the Jalen Hurts, a third round guy? 
Brock Purdy, I'm not going to say you're going to take a guy in the seventh, bring him in here, and he's right. going to be your guy. But we've kind of seen that over the past couple of years where, hey, you go get a guy in the second, third round, let him sit for a year or two, and if your offense is good enough, he's going to be able to step in and, and take control of the thing. Uh, that's where I kind of go back and forth. But there is a clear difference, I think, you know, when you talk about potentially taking one of those top two or three quarterbacks as opposed to taking a guy that's maybe the eighth, ninth, tenth quarterback taken off the board. If Brad Holmes, if he sits there at number six and somebody falls to him and he says, you know what, we think C.J. Stroud is going to be, you know, the next whatever, Joe Burrow, the next Patrick Mahomes. I got enough trust in Brad Holmes that what I've seen the last yeah. couple of years that he's probably going to be right, and I don't think I would have a problem with that. Well, and, and the beautiful thing about the luxury pick with Brad Holmes as the guy who's running your draft is you can take that luxury pick believing that at 18 you are going to get a guy that contributes, that yeah. with the two picks in the second round you're going to get a couple of guys that come in and contribute. Heck, third and fourth round, we've seen it. He's been able to find those talented guys to be able to come in and contribute. Now that the roster is a little more talented, it's going to be a little harder for guys like an Amon Ross St. Brown or uh, you know uh, Rodriguez to come in and contribute immediately. But that's not a bad thing, yeah, because you you you're working with a better base of talent, right? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Yeah, but here's the other thing I go back to as well is so many people want, you know, when you think of first-round picks, they want guys are going to help us now, right? right, this year. Why would we waste, you know, the number six pick on a quarterback that's going to sit for a year, go get a defensive player, and then with 18 get another defensive player? And, and great, I get that side of the argument as well for, you know, an immediate, immediate impact, yeah. right? Um and I heard, you know, we had a discussion last week on the Friday show, and we heard you with your morning show talking a little bit about, you know, is it okay about this starting to talk about, you know, that secret kind of couple words, the Super Bowl with this Detroit right. Lions team? And I said, no, I don't think it's a problem to talk about it, but if you're going to tell me that's your expectation, I would say maybe pump the brakes a little bit, sure. right? We expect this team to definitely take a step next year as far as competing for the division. Getting in with even if you go, you know, ten and seven or eleven and six, and I don't know, Minnesota gets lucky again, wins thirteen or fourteen. Even if you get in the door as a playoff team, now you can have that conversation because things happen in the playoffs. You know, they, they didn't happen this year. I think the best four teams won, but last year with Cincinnati going on a crazy run that nobody expected. Right? Those you get in the door and you're playing good football, it could happen. But that's where I go back and say. 
I don't have a problem, you know, if they go that route, taking the number six, the six overall pick that guy's going to sit for a year because I don't think that window is just next year, right? right. You need to get bring guys in that are going to win right now, day one. I, I still think that window is in two years where that window I'm talking about, getting yourself to that level of being a contender, a true contender, not just a team that's open uh, to battle for the division and battle for a playoff spot. So when you sit here and you talk about where are we going to be two years from now, is Jared Goff going to be a quarterback that you're going to want to pay, you know, probably by that time $40, $45 million a year to, or would you rather have a young dude maybe on his second year of his contract that's ready to take over that can do the same thing that Jared Goff does at a fifth of the price. This is nothing against Jared Goff. It's just when you look at the way the teams yeah. are going now, and it's been like this for the last probably four or five years, it's the teams that have that flexibility with having a young quarterback under a rookie contract for five years to have that window to go out there and spend money, have that available cap space to go out there and get the pieces that you need for that that, that true four- to five-year window. I don't think the Lions are in that yet. I think they're just a step below that trying to get to that window, and they're going to have to make a decision. And guess what? You can't wait, like you said, you can't wait in two years from now and say, now we need to go get a quarterback. Because like you said, you could be a 10-7-11 win football team, yeah. and now you're picking 2022. Well, you know, who's going to want to – what quarterbacks are going to be there at pick 23 right. for you to go take then when you, you need spend a guy, right? even more resources at that time exactly. when you have the resources available now. Yeah. So, okay, championship game, conference championship games this weekend. Let's talk about those for a second. Niners, Eagles, how do you see this one playing out? Man, I just – I can't get over the fact that the Eagles look that damn good. <laughs> and look, I know, you know, when I talked about, you know, trusting your instinct and trusting your gut and trusting the totality of what you saw all season long, the Giants were kind of that cute team at the end, right? We, we They did what we all wanted them to do, which is go into Minnesota and expose them for the frauds that they were. But the Giants are still – Kind of that team I put in the same boat as the Lions, where you know they're they're cute, they can win some games, but they're not there yet, yeah. right? Um, that being said, they're still a playoff team. That was still a division game. Those teams are very familiar with each other, and to go out there and put up 38 points and hold the opposing team to seven, uh, my goodness, that was just an absolute bludgeoning. And Jalen Hurts, with all the talk that was going around the last couple weeks with his shoulder, look, to me, he still didn't look right uh, when he was running the ball. He definitely looked hesitant at times, but you know, he did what he had to do. He only ran the ball nine times, 34 yards, got a touchdown in there. Those aren't normal Jalen Hurts numbers, right? Normally, you see nine carries, you're seeing upwards of you know 65 to 70 plus yards on those I, I don't think that he is where he was in midseason form where that's a guy that you just can't stop um, but with that being said I mean they still ran for 268 yards on what I consider the Giants a pretty good front four yeah <laughs> what we saw them do especially in Minnesota um, my biggest concern and I mentioned it earlier is Brock Purdy this is your first true road game I mean you went to Vegas uh we all know Vegas was kind of a dumpster fire this year. You needed overtime to beat him. I think he still scored 34 points. It was 34-31. Uh, but your only other road test was at Seattle. And that was, like I said, I think a 20-13 to 13 or maybe 21-13 to 13 win. How is this dude going to cope on the road uh-huh. in a in championship Philly. game in Philly against what has been the best team in football against a team that, you know, 
can match you strength for strength. You talk about, hey, we've got the best defensive line in football in San Fran. Well, guess what? Philly's got the best offensive line, right? Hey, you know, our old line's pretty good. Guess what? Philly's D-line's pretty damn good. And Philly's secondary, too, you talk about, especially those two corners uh, with Bradbury and with Darius Slay. I mean, those are that's probably the best combination of corners in all the NFL. I just don't see I don't see San Francisco going out there and finding a way to score more points than Philly. Whether that's a, you know, 21 to 17 game, whether it's a 38 to 34 type game, I just don't see Brock Purdy having the ability to keep this magic going and I don't know what the line is on that game, John. I don't know it's if you Philly saw minus it. two and a half. Minus two and a half. I think, you know, if uh, that would probably be that would probably be my lock of the weekend. I think I would take Philly Ooh. minus two and a half. Just because of, you know, basically everything I just mentioned. I think Philly's strengths match up uh, perfectly for what San Francisco tries to do. How about Bengals Chiefs? This one I think is gonna be a ton of fun to watch. And obviously we already mentioned some of it is resting on the health of Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, and we'll see how the week plays out. But I'm sticking to my 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 gut instinct, which you know, what, Sunday night. You know, hey, Kansas City, you know, minus two, minus one, whatever it is. My gut instinct was no way, man. If I had to bet this game, you know, I'm taking Cincinnati in a heartbeat. You know, it's just and look, eventually, I mean, this is going to be a matchup we see play out for the next 10 years. I would be surprised if in the next decade, you know, Joe Burrow is 14 and 0 against Patrick Mahomes. He's yeah. 3 and 0 right now. Uh, sooner or later, that's going to come to a stop. Sooner or later, Patrick Mahomes and that Kansas City team is going to figure out uh, Cincinnati and what they do uh, to slow them down. But I just, man, I can't. I Right here, right now, Patrick Mahomes, to me, did not look like the same player in the second half of that game. Now, he'll probably get a little bit better as the week goes on. I know he's going to have six days to rest up and heal and um, get a little bit of magic potion that they like to mix in in the locker room there oh, yeah. and, and shoot that We've ankle all been up. There. Um, but, I, man, I just – you combine the fact that Patrick Mahomes is, is, is hurting and you combine the fact that Cincinnati – just looks like a goddamn team on a mission right now. Going to Buffalo, the preseason Super Bowl favorites, smacking their ass, you know, winning by three scores in their place. I, that's just a team that's riding high, and I would be a fool if I bet against them. Well, that game against uh, Niners Eagles in Philadelphia will be 3 o'clock on Sunday, January 29th, and then followed by the Bengals Chiefs at 6.30, the first one on Fox, the second one on CBS. Stay tuned for to Necessary Roughness throughout the offseason. We're going to continue to, to talk about the Detroit Lions. Right now, the conversation is all on the NFL playoffs, conference championships this weekend. We'll get a chance to talk about the Super Bowl and the teams and the matchups over the next couple of weeks. Also, I'm going to get TJ's take next week on the new format for the Pro Bowl. Uh, obviously, no game anymore, but some skills competition, some other things going on. So we'll have some fun with that next week. So stay tuned right here for everything Detroit Lions and NFL at this time of the year on Necessary Roughness.